Hey, Insiders! Welcome back to a new episode of Disney Movie Insiders Presents. Today, we're taking the adventure of a lifetime with Disney's Jungle Cruise. The world-famous Jungle Cruise. I always think it's pretty cool when an attraction from Disney Parks inspires a movie. I can't wait for Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt to bring this thrill ride to the screen. From their amazing chemistry to the lush look of the Amazon jungle to learning about new legends, sign me up. This film looks like it has it all. Action, adventure, and who doesn't love a little playful banter that includes a skipper's favorite? A pun, of course. If you've been on the attraction and you're like me, the backside of water is definitely a highlight and get excited because there's a nod to it in this film. I am so ready to embark on this journey. Today's Insider's Fact really touched us and we imagine it will bring a smile to other Disney fans. To gather inspiration before going on set, Dwayne Johnson kept a picture of Walt in his trailer during the film's production. Now let's hear more from the set with producer Bo Flynn. Welcome, Bo. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me. I'm extremely excited to be here and talk about Jungle Cruise with you. So happy to have you here. Let's start with the basics. What is your role as a producer? It's a great question, and I hear it quite often, and I I love answering it because I love educating people, particularly the difference between a producer and a director. The producer usually, for the most part, initiates the project, usually identifies the idea or the IP or a book or life rights. And they start with that. It's usually just the producer themselves or their production company. And they then have to kind of start to build this incredible machine. In order to achieve that, you need a screenwriter, you need a director, and you obviously need your your cast and your department heads. So then you build out the entire movie, you make the movie, which is very, very complicated. Ultimately, then as you start to finish the movie and start to get very small again, it usually is just the producer that's left to finish the marketing of the film and see it through all the way to distribution. And so I always say producer is first one on, last one off. And to give it a little more context, the producer is the one who gets the best picture Oscar. So that's (laughs) quite an important uh, job and responsibility, in my opinion. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that every other person is not as significant and as important, right? I mean, the screenwriter is vital to be able to write a a script to attract your cast. Director is, is vital to be able to kind of take the vision that maybe was created by the producer or IP or underlying rights and then it has to be the ones that direct that every single day and then in the edit room at 12, 14 hours a day when the producer actually has the ability to to check in, you know, a few times a week and see how the editing is going. So really like 30,000 feet is usually the kind of the altitude that the producer flies. But at the same time, sometimes you have to kind of dip in and and get in there and, and um, you know, help creatively or help solve problems. It's a quick in a nutshell, I think, what a, what a producer does. Almost quite literally and perfectly fitting for what we're talking about today, which is being a skipper of the boat. That's really you. It almost as if <laughs> as if we planned it this way, Bo. Okay, uh, so no, wow. Good that's segue. Yeah. So let's talk about that though. This movie is going to take us on an adventure of a lifetime. We clearly know about your adventure in terms of what a producer does, but how did you get involved with this movie, Jungle Cruise? Very, very fortunate and very blessed to be part of this. This is the original theme park ride from opening of Disneyland in 1955 that was conceived and designed. And um, literally the first skipper was Walt Disney himself. And it's a (laughs) beloved ride for the last, you know, 75 years. 
So that's something that's very guarded and protected by the Walt Disney Company and uh, for obvious reasons. So to even be in the kind of orbit of Jungle Cruise is extraordinary and truly a dream for me and, and something that I didn't know could happen. I am, I'm pretty good at creating things from nothing. That's my job. Um, but I didn't create this this ride and this is the crown jewel of, of Disney. And um, they identified this as an opportunity to build a major motion picture off of the theme park ride. It is has so many fans for so long and for so many generations. And the studio and uh, Sean Bailey really identified this as like, we could create something really special, really big, a huge action adventure movie. Um, and he has been, Sean has been working on this movie for, for quite a while. Um, and he, uh, brought it to Dwayne Johnson, who I have been working with for the last 11 years, um, in a, you know, kind of very, very privileged, very blessed relationship and just the great honor to be part of, of also Dwayne's circle for the last, you know, since um, Journey um, to Mysterious Island, which was the first movie that we worked on almost 11 years ago. And we really, we connected and we hit it off. Um, and now we've made, we've made nine movies together. Um, so that has been quite an incredible um, and very, very, you know, fortunate run for us. Um, so Sean really wanted to do the movie with, with Dwayne. He knew that I had, um, had a good relationship because we've had a lot of success together. And, um, Sean was, um, you know, pursuing Dwayne and when Dwayne kind of got the script and identified it, um, as something potentially special for him, he had, he had called me and Dwayne gave the script to, um, his team and, uh, to me and, we all read it on that day, all of us together. And um, I remember we got on the phone and we're like, this is it. This is the one. Um, mm -hmm. Dwayne talks about an incredible story about when he was a uh, younger actor and he saw the trailer to Pirates of the Caribbean. He saw that trailer and it really just kind of really moved him in a very powerful, magical way. Like it really kind of touched all of his kind of dreams and ambitions and aspirations and felt like, you know, one day I will be part of, of something like that. And, and Dwayne is, is extraordinary when it comes to kind of manifesting and, and making things happen, identifying something he wants to be part of and then willing it into action. And, um, you know, so then came Jungle Cruise and he saw what this could be and, and um, his vision, corrob you know, uh, corroborated with mine and, and corroborated with, with Seven Bucks and corroborated with Sean Bailey's and, um, John Davis and John Fox, who are two other producers who have been working so hard on that movie and, and came up with a really cool idea at the core of it. And, um, and it all kind of came together. And we to say, you know, we all jumped on board um, and we worked with some great writers in uh, Payne and McKay. And um, I had, uh, had wanted to to work with a writer that I was very big fans of and was nominated for Academy Award, um, Michael Green. And um, I had also been pursuing Jama Collette Seurat, the director, for um, over five years, just because just I was a huge fan of his work. And um, I had set a general with him. I knew I was close friends with his agent. 
And I said, I just want to meet Jama. And I met him a, f- a few years before we worked together in Jungle Cruise and just wanted to know him. And I really felt like he was someone that was special from his movies that had a real vision and um, had a real point of view and had real talent and is go- was going to go on to be one of the great directors um, of our business. And um, I really presented that idea to, to Dwayne, Danny, and Hiram as a director for us and to Sean Bailey and everyone really and john davis and john fox and everyone really kind of all came together around jama and and jama had an incredible point of view on this movie and and a real dream team was formed really um and uh, i'm not talking about myself of course as the dream team everyone else the dream team (laughs) but uh but no it was um it was really special the way it all came together jama was the only director that we ever kind of talked about and pursued and um came on and uh you know, then there was there was a lot of other things that had to happen, but there was one other magical piece, and then I'll stop talking. But um, one other magical piece, which is a you know, which was a cornerstone to this movie, and that is Emily Blunt. Um, mm-hmm. Emily was also the only one we had in our sights. Um, I, I thank you know the lord that she kind of joined us and came into this adventure because we did not have a second choice or a backup mm-hmm. whatsoever um and uh it was you know it was a really i think will go on to be a a classic hollywood pursuit it was um you know Dwayne really also loved the idea and was a huge fan of hers she's just so gifted and talented and formidable for Dwayne, you know, I mean, it's like, it was a very, it's a, it's a two hander. And, and, um, um, we all recognize that. And she is so fabulous in this film and her and Dwayne, the chemistry is just so combustible. Mm -hmm. They are so great together. And besides all the big action and swashbuckling and thrills and chills and scares and, and fun, it's like, you can just watch Dwayne and Emily for hours they're just so (laughs) fun together their banter is so good and um you know then when you add in all the of the other elements of the movie it just I think creates something that would make Walt Disney very proud Mm. I mean that's so so special I love how you ended that with Walt Disney being proud of this I think as you said you know there's so many moving parts that you're assembling along this process as you were taking us through, you know, screenwriters, like the story, obviously the studio, Sean Bailey, and then the talent, and then obviously your connection with Dwayne. Oh my goodness, it really is a quest in and of itself that you have embarked upon to bring this movie to the screen. Um, Dwayne and Emily in particular, everything we've seen, we love their chemistry from D23, those fun moments like that, to now being a part of this story. Oh my gosh, we can't wait to see it. I want to ask a little bit about what you said. So Pirates of the Caribbean was clearly a moment for Dwayne to inspire him to get to this moment. For you, you said bringing in the right screenwriters is very critical to attract the talent. Obviously, this was a little different, obviously, with the way people were brought in. But can you give us some behind the scenes on it's a beloved attraction in the same way that Pirates became a movie, Jungle Cruise is becoming a movie. Do you have any you know, insight into how taking something that we know and love and bringing us a whole new story to the screen. How, what's that process like? That's, that's a really good question. And it's very, very challenging, right? For any sort of IP. Um, 
you know, a lot of comic books um, have some story and character kind of underpinnings, you know, so you have something more to work with. Um, the Jungle Cruise ride, and I'm sure you've been on it many times, um, you know, there's there's some mythology and there's some legacy there, but there's not a ton of stories um, that are really clear that are laid into there. We know the puns exist. That's a really important mm-hmm. part of the movie, right? We know there's a skipper. Um, we know there's Trader Sam, um, who is in the movie, and um, I think is a really cool way that we invented that role. But we we really almost had a blank slate, and we knew that we were in a a river cruise, you know. So we um, we really kind of had an opportunity to look at it as kind of instead of a detriment, as an opportunity to have a wide open wide open canvas for us to to really explore um, and to kind of paint big broad strokes and take real chances. I, I'd be remiss to say that that John Fox, um, one of the producers in the movie, had, had a really fabulous idea that kind of really gave it a core and it's a big twist in the movie that I, I can't reveal. Um, that wouldn't be fun, but but he that kind of really got that really galvanized everyone around kind of how to make this movie, and then it takes place in in the Amazon in the early 1900s, um, which is also a really cool magical time because the Amazon was untouched at that point. It was really mm-hmm. arguably one of the natural beauties of the world, um, and people were coming from all over to experience um, the Amazon through these um, through these river cruises on these uh, steamers. Um, and so that gave us a good opportunity to create this kind of roguish character, Frank Wolf, who is the skipper, and then give us an opportunity to have um, Emily, Emily Blunt as Lily Houghton and her brother, um, McGregor Houghton, played by the brilliant Jack Whitehall, who I'd love to talk more about. Um, and they are kind of coming for all the way from the UK and taking a long trip on planes and and trains to then ultimately get to the Amazon and uh, and her quest for the Tree of Life. Um, so that really became this really big idea. And then we got to develop all these great characters around that. But really, um, the writing really was, you know, from a, a great script that was, again, like mentioned by Payne and McKay, but then really Michael Green came on. And I think that really gave Jama the opportunity to have a writer that he knows and trusts. They have worked together before. And really capture the voice for uh, for Frank Wolf and um, Lily Houghton, you know, played by Dwayne and 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 Emily, and um, you know, both of them are really kind of very unrelenting in regard to script. They're really laser focused on their characters. They know what their fans want. They know what they want to play. They never want to play anything that's been seen or familiar. They always want to push the envelopes. They always want to push the edge, but keep it within the Disney brand. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they Emily really wanted to play a really very powerful female, you know, adventurer, explorer, a female version of Indiana Jones, and um, you know, be unrelenting and and you know, let her have her passion and, and vision for this mission, and and nothing's going to stop her. And the thing that's driving her is because she wants to do it. You know, not because mm-hmm. she has, not because she's forced in and has to go and, and save a family member or anything. It's simply because this is who she is. And she is very powerful and very strong. And as a father of two daughters, two young daughters, I really, mm-hmm. I, 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 I loved everything about it. And I love what, um, what Emily and Lily Houghton represent in the film. And then, I, and then it gave Dwayne an opportunity to really play kind of a Harrison Ford, 
you know, Han Solo type character that he's never done before. That also is, you know, hard nosed, hard driving, um, <laughs> you know, that just kind of it's his way or the highway. And then when those two kind of cross and came together, it's like the movie is on and they just go at it. But they have a, you know, common goal and they eventually, you know, hopefully come together for the win. But, um, you know, that was I, I give a ton of credit to Michael Green for keeping us on track, keeping this movie together, identifying both of their voices while still giving kind of all of the, you know, the adventure tropes and elements that um, that, uh, you know, I as an audience member and, of course, the global audience and all the Walt Disney fans and the fans of the ride want. Mm-hmm. And that finding that finding that balance, Lisa, is was very, very challenging because there were a lot of there are a lot of elements and people to serve there, you know, in regard mm-hmm. to that. So it's like, so we always took that into account. We always kept the ride very high in the forefront of our mind. Um, Scott Sheldon, who works for me is, you know, is a Disney aficionado and um, he is constantly kind of talking about how protecting the ride, Easter eggs, getting them in there, you know, um, hiring Garcia also is, is, is such a fan and, you know, so between all of us and all the producers and, and Dwayne and Emily and the writers, we were really kind of targeting great story, big action. Jama wanted to bring big visuals as well and a love story to it and service the ride and service Disney. So there are a lot <laughs> of things here. And I I swear I'm be, I'm really, truly being very humble here, but I really think somehow we kind of we hit the target. I cannot wait to see this. You have to understand, like we've been <laughs> waiting for this movie, everything that you're saying Dwayne, Emily, the attraction, obviously, we can't wait to see a part of the story. So obviously, big talent, but also the environment, the setting that they're in. Can you talk to us about the filming locations that make this such a big action adventure movie? Sure. The locations are awesome and they're epic. And we knew they had to be that way. And the studio was very supportive of that. So we we recreated um, this Amazon village um, in Kauai and we got permission, um, to shoot on a, a beautiful reservoir in Kauai and we built this village from scratch. Um, Jean Vincent, Jean Vincent Puzo is our production designer who I've worked with before in the past and he is brilliant and this was quite an undertaking and this was all built to scale, um, and fully functional. So, you know, at the same time, we also had, uh, it was a nature preserve. So we had to really be very, very deliberate and careful. And it was all electrical motorboats and, um, you know, all the textures used, everything had to be biodegradable and sustainable. And um, in this village turned out extraordinary. And the reason why I think that was important, and I know it was important to Jalman, I know it was important to all of us is because I really, in my experience of producing, you have to set the audience and put them into a world. You could obviously we needed a ton of VFX to make the Amazon feel real and experience because sadly the Amazon doesn't exist like it did, um, mm. you know, a hundred years ago. It's it's sadly it's it's uh, with deforestation and you know with just kind of climate change the Amazon is is getting very small and the levels are getting low and there was no opportunity for us to shoot there. But we knew we could start, you know, at a port town and really place the audience's imagination in mind and put them in there. So we built that. It is all real. It is extraordinary and something we're all so proud of. Um, it broke my heart when we had to strike those sets because they're just so mm. gorgeous. 
Um, but in once we, you know, and, and um, we also built L'Aquila and all of the steamboats, all the steamers, they were all built from scratch. They're all fully operational. Um, and once, and then once we built that and put the audience in there and put our heroes in there, then we kind of went into uh, Atlanta and we went into sound stages. So we were in Kauai for a few months. Um, and then we moved to Atlanta where they have great crews and great facilities. And, um, we were primarily on stages and, um, uh, green screen to create then the additional, um, epic adventure that they go through the Amazon, through waterfalls and through all kinds of creatures and conquistadors and all kinds of elements that they have to overcome ultimately bring, bringing them to the, uh, the tree of life. Bo, I almost thought I was sitting in a boat as you were talking about all the elements we're going to see. I thought I was on the ride for a second when you were doing that. <laughs> okay, so... I love that. I love that. <laughs> Speaking of the ride, how many times would you say you've been on the Jungle Cruise ride? So um, I love this question. So I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. Um, and the one play we were very close to Orlando and I, you know, of course obsessed with Disney world. And I mean, I think I, I went there once or twice a year. I mean, it was, it was an easy drive for my mom and my sister and I, and um, we were there often. Um, and there was never a time that we missed jungle cruise. Um, <laughs> I would say truly in, in terms of my, you know, I, I've lived in Miami for 18 years and probably for that time, I would say, and by the way, there's also amazing play. Not a lot of people know this, but if you go to high school in Florida, there's grad night there, which they yes. close the, they close the park down. So fun. Right. And, and it's so fun. And they bring all these high schools there. And, um, um, I, 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 I don't know if they still do it anymore, but I hope they do. But, you know, so again, it was, it was always part of my life all the way from, from being a young infant all the way to graduating high school. And so that was probably 25 times at least, at least. And then I moved to Los Angeles to to pursue my dreams of being in film. Um, and I moved there, I've been now in LA for 25 years. And even well before my daughters were born, I was going to Anaheim, which was then another like hour and 15 minutes away from my house. Um, so I was al I've always been within probably <laughs> two hours of a Disney World or Disneyland my whole entire life, actually, when I think about it. It's pretty crazy. So I, and, and as an adult, I'm still a kid at heart. So I, I probably did Jungle Cruise Ride another 20 times. And then my daughters, who are now 11 and 9, um, you know, it's mandatory. We go twice a year and they love John Cruise, right? Cause now it's getting to be nostalgic and now I get mm. to, to go with, you know, with myself and, um, my wife or my daughters or my mother-in-law or, you know, and now we have three generations going on the ride and we all get to kind of think about it and dream about it and experience it in, in all our own cool ways. And that's something too. I love seeing my daughters watch the ride. And then that gets, kind of gets to mm. take me back to my childhood in Florida and, Get to, I want to hear what they experience. And then, so that was a whole other wave of it. And then lastly is, is when I got to be part of this project, fortunately, then I started riding the ride all the time. <laughs> started going to Disneyland all the time, including, you know, the Imagineers and offering us times to go in the morning before the parks open and ride it and just really study it. And so um, it's, so yeah, it's probably, I mean, I, I, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it could be probably, could be 50 times that I, I've been on the ride and, uh, you know, you always find something new. 
we showed in the trailer the backside of, of water mm-hmm. and um you know it's like which gets a huge reaction in the trailer and the movie but we have so many great moments like that and um you know the ride has just been kind of um reconceived in some areas and they're they're relaunching it again in june in time with the movie so i can't wait to to see the finished product there but um yeah no it is it's a it's it's truly really sunk up and i i, I as even talking to you now lisa i kind of can't believe that i'm part of this movie Thank you so much, Bo, for sharing that and for creating this story for us, bringing it to the screen, because it's clearly so meaningful to you and it's going to mean so much to audiences everywhere. So thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. We can't wait to see Jungle Cruise. Thank you for the time, Bo. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Next up, we're talking to a Disney cast member and former Jungle Cruise skipper. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Let me tell you, we have a lot of fans out there that are so excited to learn all about this movie. Let's start with that. Can you tell us your background in Disney and tell us about your current role with the company? Sure. I'm a story editor at Walt Disney Imagineering. Uh, My Disney career started at Disneyland, actually. I worked in Adventureland Main Street uh, attractions. Uh, When I was at Disneyland, I worked at the world-famous Jungle Cruise. And when you work Jungle Cruise, you automatically work uh, Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. So I was over there. I also worked at the... was originally... Uh, when I started Disneyland, the first 50 magical years starring Steve Martin and Donald Duck, uh, we later got our newest version of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. So I was part of the reopening crew for Mr. Lincoln. I worked uh, Main Street vehicles. So I got to drive Walt Disney's fire engine up and down Main Street, which is which is pretty awesome. And I also worked That's at cool. the Indiana Jones Adventure. Uh, but now I'm over at Walt Disney Imagineering, uh, part of the story development team. I'm a writer, uh, my title story editor. Uh uh, since working with Imagineering, I've been able to contribute to, to attractions like um, well, our most recent update of Jungle Cruise. I was also the writer for Hyperspace Mountain at Disneyland. I worked with Mater and Luigi for their Christmas and Halloween overlays for the music <laughs> over there. Uh, the Jungle Skipper Canteen over Magic Kingdom. I'm also currently working on the uh, Zootopia-themed land for Shanghai Disneyland. Uh, also, we just opened up Cars Road Trip in Paris, so I was able to help out with that. Uh, so I'm all over the place. Uh, in addition to all that, I also get to kind of represent our Disney Parks original stories like Jungle Cruise or Pirates or Haunted Mansion. Whenever one of our partners wants to uh, take a dive into our story world, uh, whether it be uh, books like the Disney Parks Present series, which are these awesome uh, kids' picture books that focus on uh, attractions like Jungle Cruise and Haunted Mansion, uh, but also like for feature films, like the Jungle Cruise film uh, that's coming out. So uh, whenever they have a story question or they need some help, they uh, they give me a call. Wow. Okay, so you are a busy, busy guy, clearly. And what an amazing history that you have with the company. So cool that it really started all at the park, at Disneyland. And then, yes, as you mentioned, today's episode, we're talking about Jungle Cruise. And I just... Okay, can we just talk about Adventureland, though, before we dive into the film? Do you have a favorite memory of working on the attraction? Uh, favorite memory of working on the attraction? Uh, you know, it, it was within a couple weeks of, of me signing off, so officially getting my Jungle Cruise knowledge, uh, that I had my first VIP guest, and I didn't realize I had my first VIP guest. Uh, they, they loaded this group uh, at Unload, and they, they pulled forward, and their, their tour guide said, go ahead and load up the rest of the boat, because some VIPs have the option, you know, 
really high profile people usually get like a private cruise for security reasons. Uh, they said load it up. So we loaded up this crew, this family, and uh, we, we headed out and uh, we turned the corner and I looked down. I'm like, huh, that guy looks like Billy Crystal. <laughs> and, and then we got a little bit further. I'm like, oh, that guy wearing, the guy uh, looks like Billy Crystal's wearing a Yankees cap. Then I realized, oh, Billy Crystal just threw out the first pitch at a Yankees game a couple days ago. And then by the first turn, I realized, oh, my goodness, I have Billy Crystal in my boat. Uh, so within the first couple weeks of uh, getting signed off on a comedic ride, having a comedic legend in your boat, uh, which is pretty crazy. So that was my first VIP. My, my last VIP cruise uh, was my last day at Jungle Cruise. And uh, Disney legend Tony Baxter had the crew or some of the mm-hmm. cast members of Saving, uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Uh, he was touring the park, and I was able to give them a tour. So that was pretty cool. So I had uh, B.J. Novak and Jason Schwartzman playing the Sherman Brothers and a couple other uh, uh, castmates of the film come and ride my boat on my last day, which was pretty cool. Um, but also I was able to do things like represent the Jungle Cruise at, at a gathering of skippers over in Tokyo for their 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I was able to to do that. I was able to host... Uh, uh, different people like the uh, the Disneyland Paris ambassador team uh, when they came over to Jungle Cruise, I was able to let them show them around. Uh, the screenwriter for the for the first pass of the Jungle Cruise film that was going to star uh, uh, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen took them around. So I, I think technically I've I've been on the Jungle Cruise movie project longer than most people. <laughs> it was meant to be. It sounded like like yeah. this was truly the journey that you were meant to go on. Okay, so. Let's talk about that, though. What was your involvement in the movie? Uh, so the involvement started uh, when we hosted uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson over at Walt Disney Imagineering. They wanted to um, kind of show him around, show him uh, our art vault, which is amazing because you have thousands and thousands of pieces of amazing Disney artwork by legends like Mary Blair and Mark Davis and Herbert Goff and Herb Ryman. Uh, we hosted him there in I did a, a nice uh, history presentation about the history of the Jungle Cruise and its transformations and uh, how it's evolved over the years. And then as uh, film production rolled on, uh, they, they leaned on me to uh, look for opportunities for uh, Easter eggs, uh, how to tie in the, tie in the, the film to our attraction. Uh, they, they took me out to Atlanta to meet with, uh, with uh, Jama, the director, uh, for like a pre-production thing, and he walked me through the entire film which was really cool, and he had his his people there with notepads. I'm like, oh well, you know, if you if you mention this here, that's a nice Easter egg there. They really wanted to show the love of the attraction, so I was able there mm-hmm. to represent the attraction, uh, not just the actual attraction, but the skippers who work the attraction as well. So uh, it, I was able to get a lot of fun Easter eggs into the film. Uh, I was getting emails from the set saying, hey, we need a we need a Jungle Cruise joke about uh, Piranha. What, what do you have? And so I, I sent them the list. <laughs> Uh, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, just helping out and representing our, our attraction from the Imagineering standpoint as much as possible. It was a really, really, really cool opportunity. Also being able to tour the sets in Hawaii that mm. they built the whole South American town. That was that was really cool. How um, amazing. Yeah. Uh, things you never thought you'd be able to do, which is uh, pretty fun. I love it. I'm getting chills. I'm also geeking out, though, because it's just like, again, your journey at Disney. Like, you started at the parks, and then all these amazing things that you're experiencing on this journey, just specific to Jungle Cruise. It's so cool. You talked you talked a little bit about the love of the attraction, though. So I'm going to ask you maybe a tricky question here. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin, 
It's like picking your favorite child. I'm going to put you there for one second. If you if you don't want to answer it, let me know. <laughs> okay, so what are some of the differences between Jungle Cruise attractions around the world? And if you, again, if you had to pick your favorite child, if you had to pick your favorite, do you have a favorite? And which attraction of the Jungle Cruise would you pick? So you just asked a, a history geek, a really geeky question. Uh, <laughs> so if you start with the original Jungle Cruise, uh, it is the, the smallest, most intimate uh, you have these wonderful turns around each corner with with these amazing reveals. Uh, originally directed by Harper Goff, uh, Disney legend Harper Goff, who uh, would would design other things like the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea submarine. Uh, he had work all over the, uh, the the film world at the time, um, but he he gave it a very real, true life adventure feel. Uh, but that is that attraction evolved into the comedy we know of today. Mark Davis was brought in to add the gags. So when Magic Kingdom was developing their Jungle Cruise for opening in 1971, Mark Davis became the creative director for that uh, version of the attraction, which gave you a much different feel, especially with the designs of some of the human characters. They took on more of that cartoony Mark Davis-y feel. Um, when Tokyo Disneyland opened up theirs, it's uh, originally pretty much a, a mirrored copy of uh, a carbon copy of Magic Kingdoms, with the exception that it ran in the opposite direction. So rather than going counterclockwise, you actually go clockwise over mm. there. Uh, but over the years, they had a, a recent uh, refresh where they added this amazing uh, projection technology inside their temple, where this old decrepit temple, as you enter it, you know, has a swirl of magic and it all comes to life and fires come up and it's really spectacular. Uh, and then the, the newest version of the Jungle Cruise is from Hong Kong Disneyland. And if, if you've been to Disneyland... You know the scale of the rivers of America, and that's the scale of their Jungle Cruise. It's a much wider uh, path. Uh, their skippers, to their credit, uh, speak di three different languages for their cruises, which is pretty wow. spectacular. But it has a lot of the classic gags. It has the elephants and, and, and everything you expect. Uh, but their finale is this amazing uh, battle between a fire and a water god that just erupts in, into amazing, amazing um, mm. uh, finale. Uh but, I mean, I have to – I spent five years cruising the, the rivers of Anaheim, so I'm going to have to go with my favorite being uh, Walt's original Jungle Cruise at Disneyland Park. Very diplomatic in that answer. I liked it because it's true. Five years cruising, the original one, that's got to be tough, tough to top right there. Many trips. Uh, many, many, many trips. So cool. Oh, that actually be really interesting to know how many cruises you've been on, like, collectively. Do you have uh, that think, number? No, I think some skippers have done the math, and it's, it's a number you best – you just shouldn't think about just <laughs> <laughs> you're like all the all the circular cruises you're like you don't want to know <laughs> yeah. that's so funny okay so speaking of skippers though what is it like being named a top skipper can you tell us about that and what comes with that honor you know it's it, it's it's weird I, I don't like to to throw myself out there because i'm just one skipper in a history of over 65 years now and, and every generation has amazing, amazing skippers who truly love the attraction, who have contributed to, to its legacy over the years. Um, but being able to be selected when I was there, mm -hmm. uh, super cool. I mean, it's an honor I still hold. I have a, a photo of the day we had a, we had this big competition. And our final judges, we had like uh, uh, Kevin Rafferty, who became my mentor. Uh, John and Nancy Lasseter were there. We had Marty Scalar, Tony Baxter. Uh, and I, I was up against people who I, I still, 
you know, think are amazing uh, skippers. Uh, Skipper Nick is still down there every day, giving it his all. And mm-hmm. he does an, a fantastic cruise. If you ever get Brave and Handsome Skipper Nick in IK down at Disneyland, man, he's he's fantastic. And he loves that Jungle Cruise more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love I, I love Jungle Cruise. And, and so being able to represent it, uh, when I was down there, they would I became like the default guy. Like I mentioned before, when we had those Disneyland Paris ambassadors come or if they needed to interview a skipper for a, a magazine article or newspaper article, you know, I would I'd be able to pick that up. Um, yeah, but it's still something I, I take very seriously today. Uh, the skippers, Disneyland and Disney world are, are fantastic. They love what they do. Um, and we're just, we're just there for the, uh, for the guests. Hmm. That's so special. All the different experiences that you've had. So yes, being there for the guests, a part of that is a pun filled a pun-filled spiel, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So talk to us about that. If you had to pick, do you have a favorite joke or pun from the Skipper script? It, it's, you know, skippers get asked this question all the time, and you'll you'll notice usually they'll they'll hesitate for a second because it's super weird and when you tell the joke out of the boat because you're not surrounded by this amazing 60-plus years of, of growing jungle and... and these, these amazing gags and, and um, uh, show figures. Uh, but I, I will say that the most popular joke is the backside of water. And if you mm. don't tell the backside, or, backside of water joke, a guest will come up to you after your cruise and let you know that you did not tell the backside of water joke. <laughs> uh, it's, it's become so ingrained as, as part of the Jungle Cruise uh, <laughs> world that it's, it's expected now. Though we do technically have different different spiels for that i mean you could go to that show scene and be like all right everybody hold your breath because we're going underwater and then you hold your breath um but just the backside <laughs> of water man it's expected good to know good to know that that is the ultimate guest satisfaction right there of all the pun pun filled jokes that you can have throughout the cruise all right kevin that was very very informative and we're very grateful for it i'm geeking out over here truly but now we're turning it over Are you ready to take on the Insider Five? Let's do it. All right, here we go. First up, what is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan? I believe the first film I saw in theaters was Oliver and Company. (gasps) So that was, I was about three years old when that one came out. But I I think the first film that like, like I really made an impact to the point where I was like making my own like paper costumes and and, and role-playing uh, would be Rocketeer, which Good is uh, which is still an amazing film. I showed it to my girls a couple years ago. Um, it holds up. It's a beautiful film. But, you know, something just about a jetpack. Every kid wants a jetpack. Um, but I think that has to be my earliest memory is, is the love of the Rocketeer. Strong picks. Okay. Next up, what inspired you to want to be a skipper and then Imagineer? So... In trying to figure out what I wanted to do uh, with with my life, you know, the goal, I, coming from theater, I was always creating, mm-hmm. whether it be directing new theater or building sets, things like that. Like I always, like I always need to be creating, even if I'm not working. I, I'm, I'm either building Lego set or I'm woodworking in my garage. I just need to constantly be doing that. So I think that's what drove me towards Imagineering. Having grown up in Southern California, going to Disneyland a lot as a kid, 
um, and being just the way the way my my dad you know loves and respects Walt Disney. I, I kind of grew up knowing that Imagineering was a thing. I, I grew up knowing who Mary Blair was, who mm. Mark Davis was. And so this was always kind of a thing I just knew about. Um, but being able to finally get there and carry on their legacy is pretty insane. Um, but my plan was to, uh, I, I did community college up in Bakersfield, Bakersfield College, got my AA there. Uh, from there, I was able to transfer to Cal State Fullerton. Uh, also known as Cal State Disneyland because it's right down the street from the park. <laughs> so I'm like, well, you know what? I'm gonna, I'll finish up my education there. I'll, I'll get my degree. I'll work at the park. Uh, I've always wanted to do that. And uh, Jungle Cruise was just a really cool fit. Uh, my my home attraction though was technically the Opera House, which was the Disneyland of first 50 magical years. Then Mr. Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it went down for refurb. It, I guess I think they needed to clean the carpets or get new carpets or something like that. And so the, the, the trainer called up, or not the trainer, the scheduler called up, and she's like, well, what would you, I, never, I won't forget where I was. I was uh, walking through Disney California Adventure. This is before Buena Vista Street. So mm-hmm. it was still like they had that big that big sun at the intro yeah. of the park, and you had the, mm-hmm. the train, you had the Bakersfield Bakery to your right. I was mm-hmm. standing right there, and she called, and she's like, well, you know, where do you want to get cross-trained? And I said, well, I'd give my right arm to work Jungle Cruise. And she said, you got it. <laughs> and so that's that's when I picked up my jungle knowledge. Uh, just the type of personality I am, um, uh, the, the pun game runs deep for some reason. I don't know, I think I picked up my, my mom's sense of humor. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it just seemed like a natural fit for me. And I, I love being in jungle. Uh, there's no height restriction, so there's no telling kids like, oh, you're not tall enough yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's cool. heavy guest interaction. There's spieling, which came from that performance. You know, having done theater for years, that was cool. Um, and just being outside in, in a beautiful landscape. But most importantly, wearing shorts, which uh, let me tell you, <laughs> working at Disneyland, I, I always say, that, you know, if if I could have the, the perfect day working at Disneyland for me would be wearing Jungle Cruise shirts, or, I'm sorry, Jungle Cruise shorts, a, a Tiki Room shirt, driving Walt's fire engine. Like, that would just be the best day working at the park ever. Um, but yeah, that's, and then everything kind of just snowballed from there, and I, I found my way to Imagineering. So, so cool. And also, can I just say that I've never thought about that? Because I, I started at the park, too. I never thought of, like, a hybrid costume. How cool yeah. is that, that you just threw that out there right now? Just, like, you just all over Adventureland, but then with that look on Main Street, okay, oh, that it, was really It breaks really cool. the show, but boy, would it be comfortable and fun. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we're mixing it up a little bit with this next question. It's Disney Karaoke Night. What song do you sing? Uh, we're going to go to the greatest animated film in the Disney catalog, and that'd be a Goofy movie. Oh! Yeah. And, okay. Uh, love. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do After Today. If I get to do all the voices that go along with it. So be done <gasps> okay. Yeah. I love that movie. I, I promise you I was singing I2I this morning. I'm not even kidding. Am I, am I like, we're connecting right now. You no, just brought up a movie be, movie. I watch, I listen to that soundtrack way too much in my car. But it's right? the best Disney soundtrack. <sighs> Such there, a there, the only problem with it is it doesn't have more songs. Because like mm. after after Lester's Possum Park, it kind of just drops off until uh, Goofy and, and Max's duet, and then uh, it just feels like it needs one or two more songs. But I, I love that film. Um, but yeah, after today, man, that's a fun song. You do all the <laughs> no more look. The bus driver. Like him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna sit on my butt. Yeah, that's fun. Such a crowd pleaser. Oh my god. 
Great, great answer. Okay, next up. Aside from the Jungle Cruise, if you could only ride one ride all day at a Disney park, which would it be? I want to go with uh, Rise of the Resistance because uh, it's amazing. It's stunning. It's If I'm riding it all day, it's really long. <laughs> uh, but there's so much to see. I, I'm sure you could ride that ride all day long and, and still not see everything. The, the team uh, behind it really knocked it out of the park and I think exceeded everybody's expectations on what an attraction can be at, at a Disney park. Um, and, and the cast running it uh, have a lot of uh, former skippers uh, who are working uh, down at the Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland right now, and they're they're knocking out of the park. Uh, they they like their roles a little too much. I, I think when they put on that uh, that first order <laughs> costume, <laughs> they're, they're having a little too much fun. Uh, but man, the, the sh- everything about that attraction is phenomenal, from the queue uh, to the first version of the ride, and then the whole interactive experience. To the, oh man, they did a great job. I love Rise of the Resistance. It is so good. That's a really good point, though. Every time you would get on that attraction, you would experience something new and different. So that's a good, really good way to think about that question. Yeah, but even when you're in the transport, there's there's two screens to watch. You can watch it, you know, looking forward. You can watch it looking backwards too. It's very true. It's insane. Hmm, look at that. I'm gonna now get on that ride differently and just have a totally different experience. Thanks, Kevin. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've reached the end with this last question. Which Disney character has the best life advice, and what is it? So, I, I love Rocketeer, but the, the second greatest film of my childhood would be Mighty Ducks. And nice. uh, unlikely wisdom coming from uh, Hans, who was uh, mm-hmm. Gordon Bombay's, the guy who runs the, mm-hmm. the hockey shop, right? And yeah. he, uh, he basically hands you know, Gordon the skates, and he's like, just remember what you love and, and teach the kids that. You know, he says, teach them how to fly. Um, so yeah, you know, Hans and, and his brother in, in, in D2 picking up the same role. Um, yeah, just it's about passing your love to the next generation and, and how powerful that could be. It's very powerful. And to further that, you've done that. Thank you for sharing your journey because passing on that love for Disney, everything you've shared with us today, starting on Main Street to Adventureland to around the world. Kevin, you are an inspiration to us and to so many. So thank you so much for everything today. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for taking on the Insider Five and telling us about your story. It was fun. Thank you for having me. That's our show. Thank you for joining us. Disney's Jungle Cruise is now streaming on Disney+. Plus. So you don't miss any upcoming episodes, subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents. And while you're there, we'd love if you gave us a rating and review. We'll catch you next time, Insiders, with more Disney movie magic.